0: Hey everybody, Steve from Steve's NRL 40 Tips here and welcome back to the show this week for round 24. I just wanted to take an opportunity at the start of this podcast to apologise everybody in the recent delays for this show. The past couple of weeks it's been hard to record so the episodes have been coming out later and you know for the first time in my four year history I'm recording this show after the opening game of a round has already happened so I want to apologise. The podcast has not been my main priority the last few weeks. There's been Um, some personal stuff in my family happening, and we actually had a loss of a family member this week. So unfortunately, um, the podcast has been on the backbone a little bit, and I don't want to dwell on um, the loss on today's show too much. It is what it is, but I want to thank everybody for their support, um, people that knew the situation, and friends and family that have messaged me, and I appreciate that support. Um, But yeah, ultimately, when stuff like this happens, you've got to concentrate on family first, and while I'm still... Loving the rugby league and watching the games every weekend. I also work full-time and with the tragedy and the um, the full-time work, it's just been hard to get the show out on time. So I appreciate the support and the understanding from you guys. I want you guys to know that I'm going to refocus now and get back to the rugby league um, and get really engrossed in these next few rounds before finals. and look forward to a huge finals campaign that's coming up. So, yeah. Um, Today on the show, we're going to quickly touch um, shortly on the Rugby League Players Association, the NRL, uh, and the news yesterday that they've reportedly come to an agreement to end this war between the two factions. And last night, it was great to see uh, the players speak to the media after the game. Um, And speaking of which... Um, In that game, I did manage to post my prediction for it on Steve's NRL 40 Tips on Facebook. Follow that page if you haven't. It's the best way to stay notified for the future updates on the show. But I tipped Penrith by 24 in that game. They ultimately won 24-12, to so they won by 12 points. But one one from one to start the tips this weekend. And, you know, Penrith, for as good as they have been, and the fact that, in my opinion, they're just well and truly... Ahead of the pack, and they are the team to beat. And at the moment, it's looking increasingly likely that they're going to win three consecutive premierships. They were off their game a little bit to start last night's game. mainly we were actually in the lead, twelve to six, halfway through the first half before how uh, clinical Penrith uh, can be was, you know, shown on display, and they managed to uh, do what they had to do to win. But I think the 24-12 to scoreline actually flatters the Panthers a little bit. And I think that Manly are right up in, in Penrith's face early in the game and actually upset Penrith a little bit. I think that Manly came into the game with a game plan. They threw everything they had at Penrith. Ultimately, Penrith were too good for him, despite the fact that Llewellyn and Kenny were out and they weren't at full strength. But uh, yeah, I think that credit has to go to Manly. Obviously, their season's over now, and Seaboyd's going to really refocus on a bit of a rebuild heading into the 2024 season and getting the squad where he wants it um, because he's heading into his second year as coach at the club now. But yeah, I think that they had a blueprint, and that blueprint print can show, and a team can do that successfully for 80 minutes, which remains to be seen then Penrith can be beaten. And I think that uh, every time Cleary got the ball, there was heavy contact on me immediately. Cherry Evans took that um, mission on head-on in the first half and had some success there. And, you know, the halves were really keeping the ball low and kicking it and trying to kick for corners and keep Dylan Edwards' impact out of the game and try to negate a little bit that impact of the Penrith big uh, back three that, you know, are just so good at Carrying the ball back, making 20 to 30 metres for Penrith to start their sets before their forwards even touch the ball. I think mainly when they were on top last night, did a great job at kind of negating those players. And then as we saw in the second half, Penrith got a little bit more of an even share in the game in terms of football and, um, you know, put the game to bed. Some terrible refereeing all around. I think that, um, you know, Manly got robbed by several crucial cores, but that's the game sometimes, unfortunately, for Manly. And Penrith were the better team last night. You know, we saw Crichton score a double. Truva and Toe both got on the board. So uh, while Manly's tactics were to keep those men out of the game, they didn't successfully do it for 80 minutes. And when you're gifting... Penrith possession, and when you have these golden opportunities, like you know, choose to intercepting a ball early in the piece and you kick it on the first tackle, you're just letting those opportunities slip by and letting Penrith get back in the contest. And to beat Penrith, you've got to be almost perfect. Uh, and you know, it just shows even when they're not at their best, they're going to be an extremely hard football team to beat. And I said it to my mates last weekend, I think we're at, to the, at the point almost where you know, everybody's got their teams that they support, and you know, diehard fans of. I'm a A massive Rabideaus fan, but I think when it comes to the finals this year, it's definitely going to be an us-versus-them mentality for Penrith. And for fans, you're either going to be going for Penrith or you're going to be going for any other team to beat them. Um, That's how dominant they've become. That's how dominant they've been. So, you know, last night was just uh, another week for them of of dominance, despite the fact that they had to earn the victory. They got it done, and, um, you know, they're close to that minor premiership yet. Now they've got three games left in the back end of the season. The last two rounds in particular, they've got the Parramatta Eels and the Cowboys. So that'll be a better test uh, at, to help Penrith get back to being ready for this finals campaign. Who knows? Maybe they rest a few stars in round 27. The Broncos are on the same points as them. So it just, I guess, depends on how much Penrith care and want that minor premiership prize money. So, um, you know, they're in a great position, Penrith. Mainly, they're looking to the rebuild for 2024 now. And ultimately, Penrith were too good last night. So... Uh, yeah, one from one to start the tips. We're going to get to the rest of the tips momentarily for the rest of the weekend. There's a big game of football at 8pm tonight that I'm looking forward to previewing. Uh, but before we get there, I just want to quickly mention, um, like I said, to start the show, the NRO and the Rugby League Players Association have apparently come to an agreement. Um, and, you know, players are now talking to the media again. There's no more sticky tape on or... or masking tape on the players jerseys and we can resume the regular uh, programming so to speak i'm sure the Dalian medals will take place now and it's just great to see that somehow they managed to get Valandis, uh, abdo clinton newton and some other representatives of the rugby league players association in the same room and come to a deal me and the culture had a very in-depth conversation on this show about a month ago about these issues um that you know, the NRL made a hundred amendments to the contract that both parties agreed on, and obviously the NRL um, have been, you know, really talked up in the media. Why some of the players' associations and and their goals and agendas have been criticised, and um, you know, the media's has really uh, try to make the players' associations look as bad as possible. And I was definitely on the players' association side after getting all the facts, but I, I feel like a lot of the greater community didn't know some of these issues that. Um, you know the NRL try to amend it, but I'm very interested to find out. And I hope that when we record this show next week, that I'm more privy of the details of what each side had to give in that agreement. But overall, overall for the game and for the NRL in general, it's um, it's fantastic to see that this whole mess is behind us and we can move forward, especially before the start of this year's final series. Another thing that the NRL has, or the, or the Rugby League, the Greater Rugby League. Uh, World has, you know, announced this week is that. There's going to be a revamped international schedule. More international games are great for me. Um, I, I feel like it's an area that we can definitely continue to grow in, and I'm really looking forward to the Australia, New Zealand, and Samoa Tri nation series this year. The next World Cup will be in Australia as well in a few years, so uh, the future is looking bright for Rugby League at the moment. I'm really excited to get into these games this week. Before we get to them, I just want to remind you guys to follow Steve's NRL Footy Tips wherever you guys listen to your favorite podcast, whether it be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. We're everywhere. I appreciate the support. It's been a, uh, a massive season. Still got a couple massive months left of football. Uh, and let's get to the Friday night games. now. The action continues at 6 p.m. tonight um, in our first of two big Friday night games. The second game of Round 24 comes your way at 6pm this evening when the Cronulla Sharks host the Gold Coast Titans from Points Bet Stadium. And I know we haven't really talked about last weekend's games yet because of the delay in the podcast this week. But Cronulla managed to keep their season alive and put the Sydney's season on life support last week. Now, the question remains, was it Cronulla, who no doubt were definitely much improved last week after a disappointing last couple of months, But were they that much improved to the performances we've seen before last weekend, or was South Sydney really poor? That's going to be the question heading into the game this week. Their season's still very much on the line, I think, for Cronulla. They have to win at least two out of these last, sorry, three out of these last four games and make finals. But yeah, there's no doubt the last weekend was a step in the right direction. Nico Hines had his best game in a long period of time. I think him him and Trindle really combined well, and Trindle was one of the best players on the field, especially in the first half last weekend. Uh, Tracy seemed to fill in at fullback, obviously. I know that Will Kennedy is such a vital cult in the machine there at Cronulla and their mm-hmm. starter sets and getting involved both sides of the field when they're on attack. But Tracy is, uh, you know, no slouch, and he's been... Really impressive since, you know, getting another shot at first grade, and I think that he's too good to be in reserve grade, to be honest. And I think that Cronulla, with the inclusion of some of the return to their forward pack in terms of Heminguelle and Rudolph being at full strength, the inclusion of Wade Graham... um, in the starting side, I think it's been a plus for them. And Cameron Kinnis has been a workhorse as ever. I feel like we're seeing a Cronulla-Sharks side starting to get their confidence back. And, you know, if they can win these games, maybe they can win a game or two in the finals. Obviously, they haven't beaten anyone that's probably a contender in this competition at the moment. It's quite clear you see how Sydney aren't that, uh, But, you know, they've got to take it a week-by-week week basis. And by all means, they were very good last weekend. And I think many people, including myself, gave them much of a chance. And they show, showed up and took... Uh, really blew South Sydney off the park in that game, so credit there, we'll see if they can back it up this week, and um, in other Cronulla news, their points bet here tonight, and I'm sure they'll be celebrating Wade Graham's career for the rest of the season, he has announced his retirement during the week, and I feel like he's as good as Wade Graham is, and as great as the Raps that he has gotten over the you know throughout his whole career, I feel like he's still an underrated player. I mean, he started in the halves and he slotted in at 5'8 there for a while for Cronulla, but during that period of dominance that we saw in the mid-2010s when Cronulla won the comp in particular in 2016, he was enormous and, you know, all those... Years that the Blues really struggled, I think that Wade Graham was a shining light uh, for the side, and I think that he's been just a a servant of the game for a long time, he's obviously taken a step or two back in the last year or two, and his minutes have decreased, and he's had a lot of injury dramas, but at his best, there's no doubt that Wade Graham uh, was one of the best second roles in the competition, and I feel like Cronulla have got a job to do in the next month or so to remind everybody of that, and to uh, really celebrate the career of one of the champions of our game, so um, yeah, it's going to be a big occasion out there tonight, and I'm sure that the, the Cronulla fans will get there and sell out points. But no doubt about it, their opponents, the Gold Coast Titans, obviously their season this year is done. They uh, they can't make finals. But they're playing some of the uh, best football I've seen them play in a while. And then two weeks ago, they got the job job done against the Cowboys and really bashed them in that game. Last weekend, they were really in the game against the Warriors before the unfortunate send-off to Mo Fonawaka. They do get Tino back on board this weekend. Jane Campbell's playing some really good Footy at the back for them, and you know it's just a a matter of trying to find the best role for him and and Brimson at the moment. I think that Campbell's got to be the starting fullback. I think that that would be best served not having Brimson in the centres centres, but having Four in the half with uh, Brimson, and then putting Boyd back to the bench. But whatever they do, um, there's no doubt that they've got the attacking weapons there. The Titans, I think, Des Hasler will be happy with the effort they've shown after uh, in the last few weeks after. You know, some weeks before that, I questioned whether they will just throwing the toys out of the cot and just letting the rest of the season go. To their credit, they've shown up and they made it difficult for some teams of football, uh, some, some teams that are contenders, including the Warriors last week. So I think they're definitely capable of an upset tonight. And I think that we've got to go back to that question how good were Cronulla last week? Were they impressive just in general? Did they finally click it all together? Or is it more that South Sydney were just absolutely horrendous? Um, I actually think it might be a little bit more of the later. I think that they were improved, Cronulla, but I think Gold Coast have enough firepower in them to really upset Cronulla tonight. And I actually think Gold Coast can win this game of football. I think they've got enough points in them. It's just about whether they turn up defensively. And despite the fact that they conceded at 30 last week and the fact that they had 12 players for 65 minutes of that game, I think their defense... Did show up, and ultimately the numbers game just got the better of them near the end of the game. And the week before that, their defense was pretty impressive against the Cowboys. So I actually think the Titans win this game for tonight. I've got the Titans by eight points uh, in a massive up- upset to start Friday Night Football. The second game of Friday Night Football tonight shapes up to be an absolute blockbuster from the Gabba at 8pm when the Brisbane Broncos face the Parramatta Heels. And the Broncos... They're flying at the moment. There's no reason why they can't go through the rest of the season undefeated and if Penriff somehow drop a game, if they rest people against that the Cowboys line-up in the last round, then who knows? The Broncos could find themselves with a minor premiership. They're going that good at the moment. Their opponents tonight, the Parramatta Eagles, weren't uh, too impressive last week against the St. Dragons. They do, however, have the wood on the Broncos, but the Broncos coming off a nice win against the Cowboys. They were clinical in that game. Um, there was a lot of, uh, I guess... People thinking the Cowboys could get the job done and, and prove that their Premiership contender last week when you looked at the fact that Adam Reynolds has been ruled out of that game and Jock Madden and taking his place in the halfback role. But like he has done all year, he came in um, and just played Reynolds' role to perfection. Now he's not Adam Reynolds, but uh, game management was there. It allowed Ezra Mann to continue his natural running game and. Um, you know, the outside back's got some quality ball because of it, so Jock Martin, a handy substitute up, have up the sleeve for the Broncos in case one of their spine members goes down injured, but You know, Reese Walsh, uh, back to his absolute best after the Origin campaign. Carrigan and Haas really leading this forward pack. Uh, Carrigan turned into a tri-scoring machine. They're all completely on the up, the Brisbane Broncos at the moment. And uh, yeah, it's an exciting time because the Broncos haven't been at this elite level for a long time. And if anyone's going to beat Penriff at the moment, it is the Broncos. As I said, they do have trouble beating Parramatta. And Parramatta, to their credit, they found themselves on 10th spot on the ladder. They've won seven out of their past 10 games after their... Initial um, disappointing first months of the season, but you know they find themselves now in a spot where their for and against isn't as good as some of the sides in front of them. Their remaining runners: the Broncos, the Roosters, Penrith, and the Boy. So you've got to think they've got to at least win two out of the three of these next games, if not all of them. Um, and with Broncos and Penrith, the two major powerhouses of this competition in the next three weeks, it's going to really show us where they're at and whether their season continues past round 27. Yeah, um, yeah whatever they've got, they've got to show up this week. They're still without Sevo and Rick and Campbell-Gillard. And last week, I think they were really disappointing. I was up that game up there at Combank Stadium. And, you know, the Dragons shook Parramatta early, and I know they had some, um, you know, some younger guys out on the outside edges, but that defensive output um, on both sides of the field, whether it's either Sevo or the the younger guys in the other wing position, um, whoever slots in there, they're having trouble shutting it down, and even the likes of um, Russell and and Panasini, they're, they're having difficulty out there. They put Dejan Arcee in there this week in the centres, so he's back into the starting like 17, and um, I don't think his defence was that impressive in the 5-8 position there for Parramatta with Dylan Brown being out for that long period of time. But um, if there's a time where Parramatta has to click, it has to be now. Brianna Moses back together. guffo has been great this season, but they need more from him. They need their forward pack to really stand up tonight as well. Bryce Cartwright having a breakout year, but the likes of him, Davey, and Hopgood, and that starting rotation of props in Offengahi and obviously Junior Paula as well, they've got a big job to shut down this Brisbane forward pack because at the moment it's just a production lineup they're just doing what they've got to do and they're making inroads in the middle of the field and then the outside backs get quality ball for Brisbane and they're almost impossible to stop so um, with Parramatta's defensive deficiencies and the fact that I haven't seen enough to suggest that they fixed them and the fact that St. George got so close last week I'm definitely leaning towards Brisbane in this game I think that uh, at the moment they're they're a side that's playing some really good football, the Broncos, but they still got plenty of improvement left in them. And I think we're seeing a better footy team every week, which is exactly how you want to be playing in the lead up the finals. They want to peak too soon, Brisbane, um, but yeah, if they can host the game at Suncourt, which they're pretty much in the perfect picture to do that for week one, um, it's going to be a massive battle, and they can find themselves, you know, in a preliminary month. So uh, yeah, it's it's a massive time for both teams in relation to their season, and this game is is really going to. Um, continue that. The Broncos want to prove that they're a contender, and they can actually win this premiership while the Eagles are fighting for survival. So it's going to be a big game up there at the Gabba tonight. I'm going to go Brisbane by eight points. I think they've got too much firepower, and I think that the Eagles, um, you know, they'll be right up for the contest, but those defensive deficiencies definitely worry me there for Parramatta. So unfortunately, that will leave them with, you know, the Roosters, Penrith, and a buyer left, and if they lose tonight, I don't know if they're going to have enough points to to crash into the top eight, unfortunately. But we'll see how we go. And um, Yeah, it'll definitely be a big, um, I guess, failure of a season if the Eels went from grand finals, uh, grand finals and runners-up last year to missing the eight in 2023. But that's the situation they face, despite being a lot better in this second half of the season. All right, you know what time of the week it is. It's my favorite time of the week. It is Super Saturday, and the action this week kicks off in Cairns at Barlow Park at 3 p.m. with the South Sydney Rabbitohs continuing their, I guess, holidays every week, travelling around the Australia at the moment uh, in a game against the St. or Dragons. And the last two games, these two teams have versed. The Dragons have been upset winners in both of them. Obviously, in round 15 this year, it was a 36-30 to scoreline, but the Rabbitohs had their origin stars yet. Uh, this time, it's a much different situation. The Rabbitohs do have to win to keep their finals hopes alive, and they're in horrible form at the moment. We'll talk about them in a moment. But the Dragons... Um, or shall I say the St. George or Ravalalas were really good last weekend. and Ravalala got four tries. They uh, they really took it to Parramatta early in that game, and I think the forwards really stepped up and had one of their best performances of the season last weekend. Uh, good to see the Dragons give some young guys like the Couchman to run. Billy Burns is playing good football. Dean Russell's in there, um, and Liddles you know, had a pretty good season for him as well. Tyrell Sloan, it's good to see him getting some... Um, confidence there at fullback, and he's coming into form. So I know that Funnyan wants to change him and Lomax around next year and maybe potentially put Lomax back there at fullback, but I'd be reluctant to change it the way that Sloan's improving week in and week out at the moment. Uh, but yeah, I was impressed by St. George last week. Um, good to see them having a go for their fans at the back end of the season, no doubt about it. And, you know, they've had some controversial calls go against them the last few weeks. So if South Sydney think this is going to be a walk in the park, I think they're going to be in for a mighty shock um you know dragons don't have much to play for except pride see how Sydney have everything to play for and as a Rabidos fan it's been extremely disappointing um just like a lot of other fans I just kind of expect everything to click into gear in the back end of the season with all the stars that the Rabbitohs have, but they look like an exhausted football team, their defense has been abysmal, and these performances that they're dishing out at the moment is nothing short of pathetic, they've just been horrible in every regard, Ilias is really struggling out there, Cody Walker, one run for four metres last week, I think Latrell's been good since he's come back. But yeah, they're just leaking points and not hanging on to the football and just simple schoolboy stuff. And at this point of the year, if they want to do anything in the back end of the season, they need a huge response this weekend because this is just... It, its You can't be winning games of football with 50% completion. You can't be winning games of football when you concede 30 points a game. It is just not first grade standard. And I don't know what's happened from the start of the year to the second half of South Sydney, but something needs to change. And Bowler reports this week, it's been, you know, very relaxed training session, uh, basketball, swimming in pools. I just think that Demetrio realises that this side at the moment in South Sydney, they've got all the stars in the world there, but they're just struggling in terms of fitness. They're struggling in terms of motivation. They're struggling with fatigue. They've had to travel long distances in short weeks. I'm not trying to make excuses for South Sydney, but it's obviously taken a toll on this exhausting campaign. And, you know, they've had origin stars coming back as well. People out with injuries. They run out of time, CS. They've got to pull it together. They've got to win this game of football. If the Rabbitohs lose tomorrow afternoon, I think their season's effectively done. And um, you know, at this point of the time, if they're playing how they're playing at the moment, or just a little bit better than that, then there's no point making the finals. They get, they're going to get, they're going to get beat out straight away. Week one of the finals, they're going to get demolished. They need to get back to the Rabidos we saw in the first half of the year. Are they still capable of winning the comp? I think they absolutely they can. But man, there needs to be a complete overhaul of everything they're doing at the moment. Defensive structures have to improve. Uh, the attack needs an overhaul. Needs to be stopped being so predictable and on that left-hand side so prominently. Um, it's just, it's not happening there at the moment. at CS and they're running out of time to fix it. And I think Demetrio and the rest of the team is under a lot of pressure. Latrell's back now. Um, a lot of their stars are back. They've got a couple of injuries. I know Tom Burgess after the rest of the regular season. But regardless of all that, the time has to be now. They have to beat the Dragons. And as good as the Dragons have been in effort areas recently, the Rabbitohs have to put a score on the Dragons, get some confidence back in the squad. Otherwise, they could be out of the running for this Premiership race. They might not even make finals at this point. So, huge occasion for South Sydney. I think they respond. I think they win this game by 16. I don't think the Dragons make it easy for them. I don't think they are really capable of flogging any team at the moment. But I think they can score a couple of tries late and survive a scare from the Dragons, who I think will be up for this Superstar Saturday continues this week at 5.30 uh, when the West Tigers versus the New Zealand Warriors from Wellington. That's right, the West Tigers taking their home game over there against the Warriors, giving back to, I guess, paying their respects for the Warriors for, you know, continuing the competition and helping the competition continue during the COVID years. Uh, So they're taking a home game over there and... You know, this game, let's be honest, two sides at completely different ends of the competition ladder. The Warriors, they're you know, trying to confirm that top four spot and they get it, which it looks like they're going to at this rate. Uh they're gonna get two slices of the apple. If they can somehow um you know, win week one of the finals, then they get a prelim in New Zealand, uh, to make the grand final. So that'd be absolutely huge. They did struggle last week against the Gold Coast Titans. Uh the Titans even had a um a send-off and you know the Warriors only won that game twenty-eight to eighteen so I think we will see an improved performance this weekend. They're up and down the Warriors uh, like they've always been uh, but I guess the difference this year is the hard work and interest has really changed the culture there. Johnson's still playing some remarkable football. They are without chance to go Clodstad this week due to the HIA suffered last week. But really, uh, the Warriors, I think they're just looking forward to, uh, you know, the challenge of finals and they've got four games that are all winnable for them. They can't get complacent. Uh, but I think that this is a game where they, uh, they should be taking it seriously, but it's also a game where they can, you know, give some younger guys like Tua peaky because chance is out some more minutes and, um you know, give some of their bigger forwards that have been up for so long in for Blake and, and Ford a little bit of a rest and, uh, you know, maybe play them for less minutes and get some of these younger guys in and um, give them more of a shot um, with bigger minutes like Curran, who's been limited to, you know, 20 to 30 minutes a game this year. I feel like it's one of those sort of games. The Tigers, they weren't far away from the Raiders last week. I picked them to win that game of football. Uh, some calls went against them also, and I think that, you know, they were up for it. Um, and you can see that with Abby Corus there back on the side, he really straightens that attack. But they're just obviously missing um, the X factor and the ability that some of these other teams in the competition have. And when you look at these two sides and see the Tigers playing for nothing and the Warriors... Um, playing to make a huge impact in the finals. I don't know how anyone can tip the Tigers. Uh, I think they've got a win potentially left before the end of the year, but I don't think it's going to be this week. I've got the Warriors uh, by 22 points. Uh, I just think they're going to be way too good, and the way their are firing at the moment, Warriors, I think they'll be up for it. They might concede some points, but I think that uh, we're going to see some entertaining football on Saturday afternoon. And the final game of Super Saturday this week takes place from Allianz Stadium when the Roosters face the Dolphins and the Sydney Roosters have been a lot better in recent weeks. They fought hard against the Broncos, ultimately coming up short in that game, but a big win over Manly, which after last night might have you know been the catalyst to the end of the Manly Eagles season. They're going to be a tough side for some of these teams in finals contention to face, including the Rabbitohs in round 27. I've got no doubt about that. They always step up for that game. But yeah, Tedesco's playing uh, better than he was in the first half of the year. The halves are more cohesive. I think Drew Hudson's doing a good job with Keary there at the moment and they've just been all around better these last few weeks. Um, the Dolphins, this is going to be a close game by the way because both teams are out of finals contention but uh, you know, it's just a lucky dear I reckon this is going to be one of the closest games of the weekend for the Dolphins. The Wills have no doubt fallen off in the last few weeks. They uh, probably should have beat the Bulldogs a few weeks ago and they were up for the game against the Knights as well but Ultimately, they just—they look like a, fo- a tired football team. They look like a team that's uh, had a mighty um, big inaugural season in our competition, but a side that uh, you know is got one eye on it the next year now. And and some of the older forwards, their age is showing. They're starting to get, um, I guess, a little bit tired in the legs, and uh, some points are leaking out of this football side. So, yeah, we'll see what effort they produce down there in Sydney this week. I think the Roosters should be favourites in this game. They. Um, on paper you just wait for them to turn it on and it hasn't happened much this year but when they have been good they've been really good and i think that uh Trent Robertson's i think asked some questions of some of these players and said that, you know how much do you want to be a rooster and they've come out and to have had improved performances because of it the dolphins i think you know they score plenty of points they concede plenty of points at the moment um, I think it's just, you know, getting some football in the legs of guys like Sean O'Sullivan that hadn't, haven't had the 2023 they've wanted because of the injuries. We know Osako and the Hemmer are going to be factors. Osako's having a career best year. He's been outstanding all year, and he was great again last week against Mazu And I expect the uh, the Dolphins put plenty, plenty of pressure on some of these younger guys on the edges for the Roosters. But ultimately, I think the Roosters, too strong on this one, I've got the Roosters by 12 points to end Super Saturday. One of the biggest games of the round takes place at 2pm on Sunday afternoon from Amy Park. It's the Melbourne Storm versus the Canberra Raiders. The Storm need more consistency if they're going to be a factor in this competition. They were thoroughly beaten by Penrith last week and they were probably one of the most disappointing uh, performances of last round. I thought they'd be up for that contest but they were pretty much beaten thoroughly or across the park by the Panthers and Um, I'd like to see more from Munster and Harry Green. I think they've both been quiet this season. Jerome Hughes uh, was a massive loss on the eve of the game, and him coming back in this week will help really straighten up the attack a little bit And his game management skill. um, You know, the the lack of that last week left a lot to be desired of, you know, the Storms organization. Pezzit's a good young player, but he is no Jerome Hughes. And at the moment, they just seem to be lacking something. Their forward pack uh, probably needs to be stronger they are still definitely a chance in this competition while Ryan um has to come back. And by all reports, last week in the Queensland Cup, he had a very impressive return in his 40 minutes that he played. They're hoping to play for 80 in that format again this week in the Queensland Cup. And uh, they might have him back as soon as next week in the first grade side if all things go well. So he could definitely add the X factor they're looking for. But yeah... This year's been very Melbourne like in terms of inconsistent performances. I know that Craig Bellamy was filthy after last week's loss, and it's usually a uh, a story of when Melbourne, you know, don't have their best performance the week prior. They come out uh, the week after and, and, you know, look to make a statement, and their opponents, the Canberra Raiders, travel down uh, to. Melbourne with I think it's like a five-game winning streak against the Storm. Ricky Stewart and his men seem to have a number on the Storm and are their bogey side. They have beaten them in finals before, including eliminated them last year. They uh they always get up for this game, the Raiders. It it seems to be personal for Ricky Stewart to try to get one up on his his mate Craig Bellamy and uh you know it's always an occasion when these two teams play and the Raiders they haven't been great lately either. They won against the Tigers following a bye last weekend and uh, probably wasn't. The most clinical performance against the Tigers and they're probably lucky to win the game to be honest and they really need to show more because they're in fifth in the ladder. If they win this game they can finish top four which would be massive for them to get two chances at it. Uh, but can you imagine the Raiders coming up against the Panthers uh, currently in week one of the finals? I think it would be a slaughter unfortunately. Um, their forward pack uh, started the year brilliantly. I think they've been a little bit disappointing as late. I want to see them step up and uh, they've got some outside back problems. They're changing fullbacks. They're uh, changing those outside backs. They just don't seem to be able to settle there. And at the moment, um, you know, they're just playing like the Raiders sides we've seen it since the grand final. They're just inconsistent. They start games well and then drop off. Uh, and it's just not good enough. If you're going to be a contender in this competition, you've got to be able to play uh, at least close to 80 minutes when you're at your best. And I just don't think we've seen that in any game this year from the Canberra Raiders, unfortunately. So this is an ultimate test for them this week because we know the Storm will be better. We know they'll be up for it. Um, it's just whether the Raiders can match them. If the Raiders can upset them early, they can go on away and perhaps upset um, the storm once again. But, you know, for the storm, they know they've, they're running out of time. They've got to get their big guns firing. Um, and I think they can do that this weekend against the Raiders. I just think the Storm are going to be too good for them, ultimately, and uh, I just don't know where the Raiders are scoring their points from at the moment. They seem like a very disorganized team in attack, so I've got the Storm by 22 points. I think the Storm flexed their muscles a little bit in Amy on Sunday afternoon and break this streak that the Raiders have had over them in the last few years. And the final game of Sunday afternoon and of the round sees the Newcastle Knights versus the Canterbury Bulldogs from McDonald Jones Joe Stadium there's not much to say about this game, guys. I feel like there's definitely some things this week that are very one-sided and teams playing for a lot versus teams playing for very little. I mean, the Knights can do a number on the Bulldogs here. They weren't great against the Dolphins last week, but we know if the Bulldogs that, uh, you know, they did have the bye last week, but like it's been all year, they are very uh, hit or miss in terms of what games they're going to show up for and, and make a game of it, they did get kick out back a few weeks ago. He helps them, no doubt about it. And Luke Thompson will play his first game of the year for the Bulldogs uh, this weekend. But the Knights, they've got it all to play for. They're playing confidently at the moment. They weren't at their best last week and still managed to rally in that second half and get the job done. Caelan Pong's form is. Um, you know, just hes it's probably career best form from me at the moment. He's playing outstanding. The outside backs are in good form like Gagawai and and Dominique Young and I know that Marzu had a off week last week, especially defensively, which I'm sure the Bulldogs will also be looking to target. Uh, but when he he's at his best he's hard to stop. If I want to see uh something um some improvement there from Newcastle be in the game management, I think that Gamble and Hastings really need to take the game by the scruff of the neck and and control it better. Um yeah, they they weren't good in that first half last week, and I just think it's it's those little things, those areas uh, around the, the rock that need to be better defensively, um, and the kicking game just needs to be a little bit improved, but uh, it's been a great effort by Adam O'Brien to rally his troops in the second half of the year, and uh, with the run that they've got heading home, I know that they'll rubber those next week, but apart from that, it looks like it's going to be clear sailing there at Newcastle, and I expect them to play finals football this year, and for the Bulldogs, obviously they've got an eye on the future, no doubt about it, and they don't have much to play for, for the next few weeks, and um, I just I don't see them stopping this Newcastle attack at the moment. They've been one of the best in the competition in the past month um, at scoring points, Newcastle. I see that trend continuing on Sunday afternoon, and I think Newcastle win this game uh, by about 18 to 20 points. Those are the tips for the rest of round 24. As I said, guys, I apologise. Uh, for the delay in the podcast this week. Let's recap the tips. I went to Penrith last night. They did get the job done for me. Uh, tonight, I've got the Gold Coast Titans in an upset against Cronulla. I've got the Broncos being too strong for Parramatta. The Super Saturday games, I've got the Rabbitohs bouncing back with a much-needed win over the St. George Illawarra Dragons. The Warriors being way too strong for the Tigers and the Roosters getting the job done against the Dolphins. Sunday afternoon football, I've got the Storm winning a big game against the Raiders and Newcastle flexing their muscles against the Bulldogs. Obviously, the Cowboys got the buy this week. Uh, which makes this top eight race really interesting. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I think this week's going to be a massive week for those teams in contention for these finals, top eight spots. Um, Same with the top four. If the Storm win this week, I think that that basically wraps that race up and they'll get the fourth spot and the Warriors' week third. Uh, But if the Raiders can win it, it creates a chaotic... Final week of the regular, final weeks of the regular season, um, and I'm interested to see how it plays out. This has been Steve's NRL footy tips for round 24. I'll be back to my usual Tuesday spot finally next week, and I hope you guys check it out and enjoy your football this weekend. Thanks for listening, to Steve's NRL footy tips, guys. I'll see you on Tuesday afternoon.